What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Uh, I want to start off today. Uh, today is Tuesday, uh, May 26th, and it's just after Memorial Day. Yesterday was Memorial Day. And I feel like I need to get on here and kind of explain a little bit why there haven't been as many episodes posted uh, in the last couple of weeks. And there's a great reason for that, an exciting development uh, for the podcast. And I'm honestly just trying to balance um, both sides of the coin right now. Um, these podcasts that I'm doing right now that you're listening to today are a little more informational to try to help you learn something. Um, and what an exciting update I want to bring to all of you guys today, let you know, is there's been now four guests to the podcast. So, uh, for me, that's like, I want this podcast to be twofold, right? I love doing some of these where I'm sharing information with you, uh, where you feel like you can come to this, you know, resource and learn something to help your financial well being, whether that's investing, personal finance, et cetera. But I think having guests on this podcast is going to elevate it to a whole nother level. And I've been working really hard to make sure that there's great guests lined up, that we have some great content to talk about. Um, I want this podcast, though, to not be always so serious. I think one of the downfalls of a lot of finance resources, podcast shows, is that it's, uh, it's very, what I like to call, it's, it's very Wall Street, right? And so... The whole concept of this podcast is to stay as far away as humanly possible uh, from that. And so just wanted to give you guys a little background on that. Uh, I've uploaded all of the, the interviews that I've done now. Um, I've had on now two really good buddies of mine who are, you know, I would say newer investors. Uh, Zach's a great episode to listen to. If you want to hear, basically, he's someone just like me. We've started around the same time frame when it came to investing, but really got into his backstory. That was great. My first guest, Andrew, he just started investing. So if you're someone who's brand new to this game um, in this, uh, you know, this atmosphere that I call investing, he's a great one to just listen to. We talk about kind of how he got started, why he's using Robinhood, um, et cetera. And then if you're someone who just wants to think more about wealth management, which can be a lot more than just your investments. Uh, the interview with Thorne Murphy was a great one. Uh, we're going to get him back on the podcast soon, actually. He has a breadth of knowledge with um, his wealth management firm that he works with. And I think that one can add a lot of value to anyone who listens to this podcast. And then what I really want to kind of explain here at the start is to go back and listen to episode 41 I had the honor of interviewing Corey Gregory or from like an online persona. He's well known as Corey G and Corey G fitness uh, is like what all of his social media handles are. He's like the first uh, major, I don't know what I would call like famous person, I guess uh, on the podcast and Corey, you know, he's done a lot in his time. He's an entrepreneur, really a serial entrepreneur started one of the largest supplement companies in the last two decades called muscle farm. Uh, selling supplements, they they achieved 177 million dollars in revenue in 2014. Um, since then, he's left there. He, you know, he owns CoreyGFitness.com, which is a worldwide platform that he sells his workouts and um, diet plans on. He owns his own company now, MaxEffortMuscle.com, and uh, he's a best-selling author now with the Mindset Manual. He's done a lot of stuff. 
we really went into dividend investing, um, even some of his oil investments. We kind of got to really dig down deep within the hour interview I had with him uh, to learn more about him. I'll go a little deeper than what you see in his online personality, and it's and that's an awesome one. That's where I hope this podcast continues to excel off to is interviews like that one. So before we dive in today, I just want to tell you guys that I've been hard at work trying to keep improving this platform. I'm having a blast doing it. I hope you guys really enjoy those episodes and would love to hear your thoughts. So I'll just jump in today. Today is, as I said, Tuesday, May 26th, the first day after the Memorial Day weekend, and the stock market is on fire today. The Dow's up 2.7%. The S&P's up almost 2%. The NASDAQ's up just over 1.1%. And the Shane Index is on fire today for two big reasons, which I'll go into in a second. But the Shane Index, uh, for all of you new, the Shane Index is basically what I use um, as my uh, post-corona index. So the investments that I have publicly shared on here, uh, it gives you a, a reference of how my investments are doing against the market. And the whole point of that is just to give you guys um, a little clarity into the things I'm talking about and then showing you the results from it. And I, by results, I, it could just be good or bad. I, by all means, have said on here many times that I am not a guru of all things investments. I don't know the answer to everything. What I've been showing you as I've been talking about the Shane Index is there's plenty of weeks and days that I am way below the market and I'm actually losing more than I should be if I was just in a regular mutual fund that mirrors the S&P or the NASDAQ. But there are some days like this where I outperform. And so what I'm trying to do is consistently diversify my portfolio, share those learnings with all of you, share the results of those. And if there are things that you find interesting or you think are good ideas, then by all means, you can take those and use them in your own investment strategies. So like I said, the Shane Index up 6.85% today, really on the back of two major investments which we talked about um, when I added them to the portfolio. That is American and United Airlines. Airlines had a huge bounce back today. We're seeing the economy slowly start to reopen. Now we're nearing the end of May. And it's crazy to think that when I really kicked this podcast off again, and I've mentioned this a few times, but we didn't know how long this was going to go on for. I don't think anyone thought this was going to quite go on for this long. The airlines have been getting hammered as you know, most people are not traveling unless you actually absolutely need to. And it's exciting to see that people are gaining hope that um, the airlines and other industries that are getting hammered right now will have an opportunity to bounce back. So great to see. Today's episode, though, is about a concept that, uh, you know, I thought it would be a good concept to cover because I was recently, I, would, I don't want to say hit, but I was impacted by this recently. It can be good or a bad thing. And a lot of times as an investor, you can be blindsided by these. And again, that could be a good thing to be blindsided by. Or in my case, it was a bad thing. Uh, and that's okay. These are things that happen in the market and we learn. And what I'm talking about is a stock split. And not just a stock split, but we'll also briefly hit on what a reverse stock split is. So if I really simplify this down into what this concept is made up of, it's when a company decides to reevaluate the amount of shares that it has in the market. That's basically what this is. And when they do a stock split or a reverse stock split, this does not change the market cap, market capitalization, or the true value of a public company, okay? And so 
in a much more simple, uh, I guess, example, and one in which it doesn't have anything to, do, anything to do with a company. One way to think about a stock split would be, let's say you have $100, okay? And you have $100 in, a, in one $100 bill. So you have $100 in one bill worth $100, obviously. Now, if someone walked up to you and offered to give you two $50 bills, in that situation, you're not up or down any money by taking the 250s versus keeping your $100 bill. But you now have two bills instead of one that are worth the same amount. And that's exactly what a stock split is, okay? So what happens sometimes is, and there's lots of, there's a few reasons we'll walk through of why a company would want to go through a, we'll start off with just the stock split. And then I'll, at the end, I'll, I'll walk through what a reverse stock split is because they're very similar, just opposite, obviously, or reversed. So in the example of a stock split, a company would inherently be splitting the amount of shares they currently have in the market, the split, and would, depending on the level of split, you can do a, you know, one for two or one for three. Um, those are kind of the common ones, but you can go higher as well or smaller. And what, what happens is a company usually will, for a variety of options, will either for liquidity or for just a mere uh, price conscious perspective, decide to split their stock. Um, when a company does a stock split, if you talk to a finance professor like at a, at a university, a lot of them will, will tell you that the true inherent value of a company splitting their stock is meaningless because at the end of the day, before the split and after the split, their market cap or their value uh, does not change at all, okay? So in theory, there's no value in a company splitting its stock. But what a lot of times in, in you know a finance professor won't tell you is there's also a behavioral component to investing. And what I mean by that is a company can get to a certain price point and then as an investor like you or I, um, or really I would say like the general investment public will not think the investment at a, as soon as, as soon as a price point is hit on any stock, there is inherently going to be a level where people feel the stock is too expensive. It's not um, worth buying one share at that price. And um, a good, I'll just walk you through a good example. So a good example today would be Amazon. Amazon, uh, for purposes of this example, I said they're trading at $2,500 a share. They're at like $2,440 today. Um, if you think about Amazon, uh, for $2,500 to buy one share, it's an extremely valuable company. I think a lot of people, I would say almost anybody that I talk to about Amazon is bullish on Amazon. Uh, it's, it's one of those companies that I think is going to be um, a, an outstanding investment for a long period of time, okay? But $2,500 for one share, especially for someone getting started, that's probably more than the amount of money you're even willing to throw into the entire stock market, let alone one share for $2,500. So if a company who's growing. Someone like Amazon is a great example of this because they're growing. They're showing larger sales numbers every quarter. They're growing the platform itself. They're getting into different avenues here and there. And it just seems like Amazon is continuously taking over the world. Thus, their stock price continues, continues to soar into the 
into the heavens of $2,500 almost now. So Amazon today, I have not heard anything about a stock split, but if they wanted to, what could happen is, in my example, so today they're trading at $2,500. And let's say, you know what, we decided to jump in. Let's, you know, let's buy a share today for $2,500, okay? So now you own one share for $2,500 of Amazon. Let's say tomorrow, Amazon decides to do a split. And this is, a, this is a high split number, but I'm using it for fun numbers in this example. Let's say Amazon decides to do a 10 for one stock split. So what that would mean is yesterday we owned one share of Amazon. When they go through the 10 to one stock split, instead of us having one share for $2,500, we now own 10 shares of Amazon. However, once we got to 10 shares of Amazon, the price per share also divided by 10. So now the $2,500 price point overnight, Amazon tomorrow is now trading at $250. So what's exciting as for an investor in this situation is obviously if you were someone who was already owning Amazon, well now you own more shares. And if you're someone who's bullish and thinks the stock price or the stock is gonna be a long investment or you think that you know the value is gonna continue to rise, then you now have 10 shares and your hope is, you know, over time, maybe it gets back to 2,500. If it's at 250 today and we split, this has happened before too. Um, a good example of a stock split that has done that is Walmart. Walmart has split. I honestly don't know how many times off the top, top of my head, but they have split numerous times. And once they split, they actually got back to the previous price point again and surpassed it and split. So if you're someone who got in early, you could have, you know, invested five shares and by the end of all the splits, you know, in 25, and then the total amount of your investment is that much higher. So that is how a stock split works. Um, and a lot of analysts and a lot of people who are in the investment community, they look at a stock split as an opportunity for a company when they're doing well. So usually, not always, but usually a stock split is uh, accompanied by the understanding that a company is doing well. And they just want to cheapen that price per share to allow more investors to jump in. So again, with Amazon, there are so many people out there that would love to probably buy a share of Amazon, but can't afford to spend $2,500 on a share. And for a lot of people that might ruin uh, their diversification in their portfolio, which we talk about and which is just as if not more important than just having an investment in Amazon itself. So, you know, by even if they saved up 2,500 and they bought one share, now Amazon could be, you know, 90% of their portfolio if they didn't have enough money in the market. So, what this does is there's all this excitement behind Amazon, right? Like a lot of people want to buy Amazon. They just couldn't afford it. Now down at 250 a share, if they did that 10 for one stock split, you have all these people that could rush in and buy Amazon, drive that price up again. So it's something that companies can do. And again, the market cap or the value does not change on that company inherently during the actual split of the stock. Now, if the stock split in theory would work and more people could jump in like the company thinks might happen, then the market cap would be going up, right? If the, if the new stock price of 250 jumps the first day to 350, boom. Uh, so that's a stock split. Now, quickly, I'll go through what a reverse stock split is. If you think about everything I just covered in a stock split, a reverse stock split is essentially the exact opposite. So in a lot of examples or a lot of situations, what happens is a company 
you know, let's, let's use the example of a company was selling at $10 a share, super low already. Um, and this usually only happens when a company gets dangerously low to the point that they could get kicked off of a exchange, which without going into great detail, if you're a company that gets below a certain dollar threshold on some of these major market exchanges, you have the potential to get kicked off if you're below a certain price for a certain amount of days. So in a reverse stock split, like I said, the opposite is happening. So a company might be trading at $10 a share and they get bad news. You know, they miss a few quarters in a row. Um, they have a recall or something bad happens for the company. And instead of the company selling at $10 a share, now maybe we're six months into the year, the company, uh, the, the per, per share price has now fallen to a dollar. So it went from 10 to a dollar. Now a dollar, you know, now we're starting to get into the, you know, low end of the trading spectrum. There's not a lot of good companies that people are wanting to buy at a dollar, you know, unless you're betting on some penny stocks or something low. And so what a company could do is, like I said, a reverse split. So a company could do a reverse split, a, uh, let's just say like a 10 to one. And what that would mean is now when they're trading at a dollar per share, they could do a 10 to one stock split. So if you owned 10 shares at a dollar, now they could buy back, basically buy back 10 of your shares or not 10 of your shares. They could, they could, they could buy your shares back, um, cut the amount of shares in the market by 10, right? So they would pull those out. The market cap can't move, remember? So if, if the company was worth X, once they do the reverse or the stock split, the regular or the reverse, the price still needs to be X. So if you were trading it at $1 and you did a reverse split of 10 to one, now, boom, it just switched over. You went from owning 10 shares to one share, but now the stock is back up to 10. Hope that makes sense. That's kind of, it's a little more confusing to explain backwards, but it's the same theory and concept. They're taking shares out of the market, which is gonna drive the per share price up. Right, so they were at, they were down at one. We pulled 10, 10 for every ten shares out for every one share, ten to one, and now you're back up to ten dollars a share. Now, of course, if you're someone who owned ten shares and now you own one and it's more expensive, you still have the same amount of equity in the company. But this is also known as a negative thing for any company because usually what this means is to my point earlier they're usually trading at ten dollars they fell to one and now they by pulling shares out kind of like back of the napkin got them back to 10 overnight for no real reason the value didn't change nothing good happened they just pulled shares out of the market right because as we as you can remember a market capitalization or the worth of a company is the number of shares in the market times the current selling price, the price you see on Robinhood or you know CNBC, that stock price times the amount of shares is what the company's worth and market cap. So in this reverse stock split example, this company was not doing well. They were worried their stock price is getting too low. So they did a reverse split to get that price back into a safe spot. But that normally means the health of the company per se is not in a strong position. So I hope that makes sense. That's, that's really all a stock split is and a reverse stock split. I just think it's a, it's a great thing for you to know. You probably will come across it at some point in your investment journey, especially if you're diversifying and getting into all different avenues of investing. You're going to come across uh, situations from here and there 
where, um, you know, a company is going to go through hopefully a, a stock split, a stock splits, a better thing to be a part of than a reverse split, but both happen. Uh, and so, yeah, that's it. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in and, and giving the show some love. And again, like I mentioned at the beginning, if you haven't gone back to listen to any of those first four interviews, definitely check those out. There's a ton of value in those. Uh, the one with Corey G that I just did recently uh, was such an awesome interview to do. He's someone I've followed for a long time, and it was cool to hear a little bit more about his investment strategies and really understand a little bit more about um, you know his background and upbringing and how he got to where he is today. So awesome. I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, you know, get in the market. The market is booming and it's coming back. Uh, I know I need to reevaluate some of my things today and, uh, always got to stay on our toes for opportunities. So have a great day. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you guys all soon. Thank you. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I have two quick notes I wanted to share with you. They're both links in the show notes. The first one is to Robinhood. So Robinhood is the platform that I do all of my trading on. If you are interested and want to start up with a free account, uh, Robinhood always has free trading, no commissions, no fees. Uh, By signing up with my link, you get a free stock, I get a free stock. It's a pretty sweet deal. Second link is for the stock market rebound tracker, Google Sheet, that I have given everyone for free. It's going to need a new name soon as we're almost out of the rebound from the coronavirus pandemic. But this is really just a list of the stocks that I'm keeping an eye on as the market bounces back. So if you'd like to click on that, you can get a full list of the stocks I'm keeping an eye on. And hopefully that can help drive some of your investment decisions as well. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a great day and we'll talk to you soon.